All right, you got your camera? You got a bag? You ready to go? Jump on in. We're heading down the road. My name's April, and I'm an award-winning landscape photographer and tour guide. I've been leading small group photo tours for over 20 years. For photographers, non-photographers, and anyone else that just likes to go for a great trip. So welcome to my podcast, Eyes for the Road. Thanks for joining me today. It's all about wildflowers. And we're not talking about any flowers. These are wildflowers. They grow in fields, off of old dirt roads. It's amazing to me how in the springtime, with the right conditions, places in California that can be barren, dry, and ugly for months and months, and in our case, for years with the drought we've had, all of a sudden spring forth carpets of yellow and orange and purples and all kinds of crazy wild colors. So today I'm going to give you tips on where to go, what to take with you, and how to improve your photography in getting the capturing these wild flowers. So first of all, I get the question a lot, how do I know where to go? And that's a great question. I do a lot of research and there are some great places to find out where to go, especially now with the computer. That's made things a lot easier as far as research. Instagram, which I'm sure some of you are very familiar with, is a great place to find out where the bloom is happening. If you do a search in Instagram, just wildflowers, wildflower season, a bunch of photos will pop up and they're categorized by most recent. And if you carefully look through the comments or the tags, many times it tells you exactly where they got that photo. And then you can put that on your Google Maps and determine how far that is to get to those wildflowers. And again, wildflowers can change daily. I've been to locations where one day it's poppies, orange and bright and beautiful, and a week later it's transitioned to the lupins, which are purples and whites. Other places to find out where the wildflowers might be blooming is do a Google search for wildflower hotlines. Many states have a wildflower hotline, which is a telephone number you call, and each week you'll get an update on what's blooming, where it's blooming, and where to find it. Really great stuff. In California, um, Desert USA, which also covers Arizona and other southwestern states, is an excellent site. Theodore Payne has a website. So again, the computer is an excellent tool. And if you don't have a computer, your public library, um, Chambers of Commerce, pick up the telephone and make some phone calls. I actually called one of the cities up north and talked to a really friendly person who informed me what was blooming, what roads to take. People are excited to share, you know, what's outside and that you want to come visit. So picking up the phone is an excellent idea. So use your, let your fingers do the walking is what they used to say. So moving on, that's how to find places to go. So once we've determined where we're going to go, now it's what kinds of things should we take when we go out to photograph wildflowers. First and foremost, and I must say this, and I'll probably repeat it again, is don't trample the wildflowers. Let's take photos and leave no trace. We often hear that phrase with nature lovers and, again, with photographers. It just 
sometimes it makes me cringe. I know families want to get their family portrait next to a beautiful field of poppies or lupins, but please, you know, respect nature, stay near the paths, the roads, the edge, because especially with some of these tiny, delicate flowers, especially in um, environments like the semi-arid, the desert environments, they are so sensitive that once they're stomped on, they don't re-germinate for the following year that they may come back and bloom. So remember that. And don't pick wildflowers. Many states have penalties for picking wildflowers. So again, that's a no-no. We want to take photos, enjoy our photos, and tread lightly. So when we're out to photograph wildflowers, please um, wear long pants. There are snakes in a lot of places. Other uh, snakes are rampant pretty much throughout the United States, even in the Midwest and your woods areas. Um, You've got poisonous plants. So again, long pants will protect you from rubbing against these um, plants. It's always good when you get home after a wildflower outing to take all your clothes off and put them in the laundry right away so you're not spreading potentially, um, you know, itchy, scratchy type plants. I also recommend taking a walking stick. A lot of times you're walking on uneven terrain and just having that walking stick can help balance you a little bit and tapping the stick, at least when it comes to snakes and other animals, you're announcing, you're letting them know, hey, I'm coming through, back away. Snakes don't want to encounter you. You don't want to encounter the snake. I have many tales of friends and fellow photographers who've gone out photographing in the poppy fields and laying down to get that different angle and coming up face to face with a snake. So you don't want that. I don't want that. So again, just be careful. Take your time. Other places have fire ants. There's thorny plants. So again, shoes, proper footwear, proper pants, stay on the paths and um, have a great time. So that's kind of what to wear. So now I'm going to talk a little bit about tools to improve your photography. Things like close-up filters. And close-up filters are inexpensive. They screw onto your camera lens. They're literally like a filter. I've seen them on Amazon and other sites for about $15. You can get a pack of four of them. And they're literally kind of like a magnifying glass. They'll have a plus one, plus two magnification. So it's kind of an inexpensive way to get a macro look to your photography without buying a, quote, macro lens, which can cost you several hundred dollars or on up from there. And, you know, again, it's all about the glass, but I kind of like a little bit of a softness when I'm looking at flower photos you want crisp edges in some places but again that that magnifying filter will give you that effect especially when you're just getting started as I know many of us are just experimenting and deciding hey is this something I really like and then do I want to put the money into it so that's one thing another good tool is knee pads You wouldn't think about knee pads and photography, but again, it's being able to get down close to the subject, which is your flowers. You want to get some tight shots. You want to get wide open shots, but you also want to get some close tight shots. 
And if you're kind of standing up and bending over, you're not going to be as stable. And it's very hard to take a tripod out into a field of flowers. Number one, you're going to be smushing some flowers in the process, which again, we talked about that. But you also aren't going to be able to kind of get the angle that you might want. So I find it much easier to get some good knee pads and get down low to the position you want to be in to photograph your flowers, whether that's kind of shooting up underneath against the blue sky or maybe straight down so you get the detail of inside the little wildflowers. There's so many variations to these flowers and until you really take time to look, you don't see it. Let me check my list here because I've got some other great tools. Look on your camera and even if you're using a cell phone, I've noticed certain cell phone camera settings, there's a setting called Vivid, Vivid or maybe a landscape setting. What that means is it's got an algorithm, it's got, that's going to pop the colors more when you take that photo. It's going to add more brightness and more color. It's kind of like what we used to use as an intensifier filter. So that's another option is to get an intensifier filter, but the vivid setting, look in your menus, double check in your phone settings if you're using a cell phone camera, and that's another good tool to increase the colors of these wildflowers. My other tip is to change positions, and I kind of elaborated on that a minute ago by getting low, getting high. If you're on a path or if you're standing on a road, sometimes the wildflowers can kind of appear as if they're above you, and then you can put the flowers up against the sky. So just another tip there. And let's see what else I have on my lovely list for you. I was just out photographing wildflowers myself recently. Another trick that um, a photographer once showed me, and I'm not sure, I have mixed feelings on this, but I'm going to share it, is a spray bottle filled with water. You can use a spray bottle filled with water to add water drops to the petals of a flower, giving it that early morning, first dew look. And in the little water droplets, they look like, they're like magnifying glasses. They're like little globes with reflections and interesting things. So it's a fun way to, to um, add something to your wildflower photos. Again, I don't, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence. It's kind of like sometimes moving things or styling things when you're in nature. Another thing to look for is uh, people. People add a lot to photos. And it doesn't necessarily need to be someone that you know. If you're out photographing wildflowers, most likely there's other people out looking at the wildflowers, whether that's children, families, and they may ask you, they may approach you to take their photo or likewise, if you see a really cute child with a pretty hat on or cute little dress, there's nothing wrong with going up and asking, would you mind if I take this photo? I really like your child. And if you don't show their face in the photo, maybe the child is walking away from you or standing close to the wildflowers or they're, they're sitting low and you get the head, the back of the head with a big hat and the wildflowers. Just some ideas to add interest to your photo, add some perspective, because without a frame of reference, without a 
building, a person, a car, something else in that photo. There's no way to tell later if the flower is six inches big or if it's a little quarter inch teeny tiny wildflower. And sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's what you're going for. You just want the wildflowers to take center stage in your photo. But sometimes it's nice to have a point of reference. So look for people while you're out and about that may be helpful to include in your photos. That's, I just think it's fun. And you're sharing in your gift, your gift of photography. It's a great conversation starter. Many times you can ask them, hey, have you seen any other places nearby with wildflowers? And it's many, many times they will share another spot down the road that you may have missed another dirt road, you know, quarter mile, a mile away. So again, talk to people or look for people and include them in your photos, converse with them. Great way to add more to your wildflower experience. Next up, I added mirrors to the list. You might say mirrors, look around, you know, have a, bring a mirror with you because you can lay a mirror on the ground and get a reflected picture of some wildflowers again because we're not going to be taking or cutting or breaking off these wildflowers if the wildflowers are laying on the ground that's one thing but again we want to be very careful with wildflowers the other thing is what kind of weather when should I go out to photograph the wildflowers I say any day is a good day especially overcast days. Overcast days give you a natural shadow box. It's soft light. It's easy to work with, especially for those of us who are just starting. We're just beginning for beginning photographers. When you have a bright blue sky and wildflowers, it's a sometimes a very contrasty situation that gets a little bit more difficult to work with because your subject may be low and dark and in the shadows and then above you've got a really bright sky so to try to balance that exposure wise can take a little bit of practice and every camera is different every cell phone is different so I always say start you know just start taking some photos and with the digital cameras you can immediately see Am I getting what I want? Is it too blown out? Is it too white? Which means when I say blown out, I mean it's too white. You've lost detail, which you're not going to be able to bring back later, even with some of the best Photoshop, best photo editing programs out there. Whereas if it's a little bit on the dark side, you can usually pull out some detail or lighten it up later if you want to go to that effort. So actually, an overcast day is going to work in your advantage when you're shooting flowers. At least I think so. Um, bright skies are nice. They're beautiful, but can be a bit challenging and not always yield the results that you're hoping for. Another tip is to study photos, other images, paintings, artwork. Find out what you like. Bring that into the mix. Like, what kind of image are you looking for? Start thinking in your mind before you head out to the wildflowers. Not all of us like to do a lot of research. Sometimes we like to just show up on the scene and be inspired by what's there. But sometimes looking online or looking at other people's photos on Instagram, Flickr, or flipping through um, paintings such as by Monet or Impressionist gives you ideas. It, 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 all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, I'd really like to get a photo like that. 
Georgia O'Keeffe did a lot of paintings of flowers that were very detailed, very close up. And you may want to capture that with your camera. And that's entirely possible. It's you with the eyes that is going to get the image that's going to satisfy you. And, and that's all that matters is you want to have a great time. You want to go out, be safe, have a great time and get some great images. So that's what I've got for today. And if anyone has any questions, I really encourage you to go to my website or shoot me an email. You can check out my website at www.fallphototrips.com, yourphototravelguide.com. My email address is april at aprilart.com. And let's see what you have to say. I love to hear your questions and comments and feedback and hope you'll join me again for my next adventure. Thanks.